Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's going on and welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek on this game day. The Pelicans welcome in the Charlotte Hornets tonight to wrap up the four-game homestand. You can watch it on ESPN. And to join us now is Cassie Hubbard. She'll be on the sidelines tonight for ESPN. She covers the NBA as a host and reporter and, of course, college football as well. She does a great job with everything she does. But she joins us now actually here from New Orleans. Cassie, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for the kind words. I'm, I'm happy to be with you on your show. I'm looking forward to tonight's game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get into the game, just kind of, you know, this is obviously a, an odd time for everyone and, and covering yeah. the lead during these circumstances is definitely a challenge as well. I've seen you on a lot of our, our Zoom calls uh, this week when covering practice and post game. But, you know, as a reporter, you tend to use your relationships with players and coaches based on, you know, being seeing them in person. How has that changed, you know, with, with everything going on with the with the virus? You know, it's interesting because it's it's um it's, it's a combination of having more access and less access because I would not typically be able to listen in on um, shoot around availability during the week um, and be able to kind of check in with any team that I, you know, want to hear what's going on with them um, because, you know, they, they weren't on Zoom last year or broadcasted last year. So that kind of access has been incredible for me to kind of be up to date on um, all the teams across the league, which I have to do, which is, you know, a little different than if I were a team sideline reporter or beat writer. Um, I'm, you know, I'm more, I, I cover the league more nationally, but at the same time, you know, I am not able to go in person to um, these shoot arounds and pull guys aside for one-on-ones. But fortunately, you know, the PR staffs for the most part have been great in, you know, setting up Zoom calls or certain interviews for um, for us, which has been really nice. You know, I think everyone understands that it is, um, you know, that we all just kind of have to adjust. And um, so, yeah, like I, I, you know, and it, it was also hard because in the bubble was like, the access was unlike anything I'd ever right. experienced because it was just us in there. We were living in this little fantasy land together. Um, 
like there are times where, you know, media was restricted from going in certain areas, but I was still able to be around players, which I, I'm not now because even in, when I go to games, I'm not technically on the sidelines. I make the joke all the time that I'm, you know, I'm working the concourse yeah. because it happens up in the yellow section as, um, as the NBA calls it, which is, which will be, you know, in the, in the lower bowl, I think I, you know, yeah. every, every arena is different. Um, so I don't know, you know, like when I was, when I did a Celtics game, I was in like a little media section um, with s- some other reporters. When I was in Milwaukee, uh, they had me up basically by myself in this little mm-hmm. glass box with plexiglass around me where Dave Pash was supposed to call the game, um, but he had to stay home due to contact tracing. So um, yeah, so I don't, I actually don't know where I'm going to be seated, uh, in new Orleans. I know there's fans in the arena, so I, you know, I'm not really sure where they're going to put me. So every, every day is, uh, I'm learning something new. It's like, you know, I've been covering, I've been doing sidelines for now. This is my fifth year. Um, and I was finally feeling like I was, you know, knowing my way around and boom, I have to figure it all out again, but you know. Uh, there's worse things uh, going on right now as far as jobs are concerned. So I'm just very thankful. For sure. And, and you know, you mentioned you were in the bubble uh, for a lot of the time there and now going to arenas. How odd is it that you are able to go to these arenas, but most of them, besides maybe tonight, there's not going to be any fans around. How odd is it just watching a game with very little crowd support going on? Yeah, I mean, because the bubble, like, granted, these arenas are a lot bigger than the bubble was, but I was, I've I've gotten kind of used to (laughs) not having fans around, and I don't want to get used to that, but in the bubble, you know, um, there wasn't that many, like, I did games before family was allowed in, and so, um, I, I, I'm used to the high energy of a game, and then as soon as it's over, dead silence, so, um, it's, it's not, it hasn't been that jarring for me, um, yet, but I think really the hardest thing is again, trying to understand each different arenas protocols and what I need to do and where I need to go. Um, whereas in the bubble, it was groundhog day, you know, we, we kind of just had a routine, get on the bus going, you know, this is my seat. Whereas when I'm flying into different cities, it's, it's learning, um, and having to deal with, you know, the difficulties of um, maneuvering and navigating this world we live in right now. We're in, we're in the outside world. We're not yeah. in a bubble. So that's, that's the biggest difference. For sure. And no, of course, we've, I've said we've seen you on uh, media availabilities and, and post game and shoot arounds yeah. uh, as you're getting ready to cover this game uh, with the Pelicans at four and four. And I know you have so many teams that you have to, you know, sit and, and listen to and, and watch them. What have you learned about this team in the last week that you've been able to observe them and kind of see how they've been in, you know, a couple straight losses for them, but four and four, new coach, a couple new veteran pieces. What have you seen from them so far? Look, I, I see continued growth. Um, uh, you know, I know that it's, uh, there's been a bit of an identity change um, with this team, with Stan taking over, with the focus really on interior defense. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, but I do see a lot of maturity in the leadership. Um, specifically Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. And I just, you know, want to give Lonzo Ball a lot of props for just the growth and um, dedication to, you know, really improving his game, obviously his jump shot. 
Uh, I talked to Lonzo and Brandon a lot last year um, about just the work they'd been doing with Fred Vinson. And, you know, he, he told me yesterday, I sat down with both him and, and LaMelo and, you know, I asked him just like, what has been the work been like for him? And he just said, you know, it was, it was difficult to, to, first of all, change your jump shot um, in the middle of the season when, you know, when he, when he came to the Pelicans and then obviously the shutdown and everything last year, but then also, you know, changing it again this year um, and, and just trying to find some rhythm and flow to it. And, uh, you know, I think we've, we've always known he's had great court vision, but, um, you know, it's interesting hearing his teammates talk about just the confidence he has um, now, you know, handling the ball more um, and running that offense, uh, which he just, you know, he didn't get the opportunity to do in LA. So Lonzo, obviously Brandon, um, you know, being the most improved player, he's taking leaps again. I liked what JJ Reddick said about, you know, it's just, it's something that you notice everything's just a beat faster. And that beat is all the difference in the NBA. So, um, and, you know, he has this, he has this quiet confidence to him. Like, you know, he always looks like he's kind of asleep, but you like, you know, he's wide awake right. on that court. Um, so I, you know, I think the talent is, is there obviously Zion Williamson is just like the, uh, like he's, he, he's still like uncracked potential. Like you, you see the bursts of, of just like unworldly talent. And it's just about those guys kind of figuring out what this identity is under, uh, understand, um, you know, Steven Adams is such a great presence in that locker room. I mean, he is just, I mean, he's a great soundbite too, right? Him. Yeah. Great soundbites <laughs> and covering him. Okay. So he's just, if, if we could all live our lives, like Steven Adams, we're just like, you know, mate, it's uh, yeah. life, life, <laughs> you know, like we're just playing basketball. So um, look, there's a lot of talent on the team and it's, I think it's understandable that there's going to be some bumps in the road um defensively pace wise as things are just really different um but like you, you, the, the pelicans have a lot of great great pieces including eric bledsoe as well yeah absolutely steve nams wore sandals in a in a blizzard in okc the other day and i'm look like about to climb out everest when it hits 50 degrees here so i don't know <laughs> yeah. how uh, the difference with him and me uh handling the cold is certainly uh an adjustment uh, i'm glad he mentioned lonzo and lamella i'm gonna get to bi in a second yeah. Um, but you mentioned Lonzo and LaMelo and you look at, you know, we've seen brothers play against each other or with each other in the NBA. We saw it last year here in New Orleans, Drew, Aaron and Justin on the yeah. court at the same time. But this one seems a little different. Of course, national attention with it being on ESPN tonight, LaMelo, yeah. you know, a top five pick, Lonzo, a top five pick as well. What is so intriguing about the Ball brothers and, and them matching up tonight here in New Orleans? Well, I just we've known them for so long. And so I will tell you, I um, I binged Ball in the Family. I mean, I'd watched a couple episodes like when it first came out, but I didn't like I hadn't. I think I subscribed on Facebook, but I don't really go on Facebook that much. And so I went back, you know, a week and a half ago, knowing I had this game and I binged and I didn't realize how many <laughs> seasons they have. And so it's just watching like. LaMelo from age 13 and what he, you know, like the road he took. And, and like, that was one of the questions I asked them, you know, I, I said like, 
Lonzo, you were the one who was thrown into the fire first. You took on all the media frenzy around his dad, the big baller brand, you know, the move from LA and, and whatnot. He was the, the head of the snake having to deal with um, just the ball family attention. But I also, then I said, but Lamello's had to deal with the spotlight starting at a younger age. I said, so who had the more challenging path? And Lonzo said, you know, Lamello without a doubt. Um, and the interesting thing about Lamello is just, you know, just not, not to not to base any impression off of a reality show, but like his character on that show is just this immature little kid. And um, I mean, understandable. I mean, he was 13, 14, 15. We all were. Uh, I don't care if you were, you know, wise beyond your years. Mm -hmm. Like you're just not you're just not mature at those age ages, but like it, there's, there's something about LaMelo right now, you know, not only did he grow from five, eight to six, seven within like a year and a half, I think Lonzo said he had his first dunk at 17. Um, so, you know, there's just this, like, even though we, he's been on the scene for a while, I think he's finally coming into his own. I think like, uh, just at the right time coming into the league. And when I talked to James Borrego yesterday, I mean, he was just like beaming about what a great kid he is and how he had these expectations that he was going to be this selfish um, type of guy and he's anything but, and he just lights up a room. Um, and I just, so I just think, you know, for guys who like may or may not have like the most expressive, like media sessions, they really do have this um, like celebrity presence and this um, star status to them where you're just interested in them. And so, you know, I also think there's just been this talk about how LaMelo is the best ball brother. And, but Lonzo is that, you know, that typical older brother. I mean, he, like he is the, he is the leader of those three boys um, or met young men now, excuse me. And so I think like, this is, I think they, there really is a true competition between these two guys. So it's going to be fun um, to see what they do on the court. You know, I know there's a lot of love. I mean, say what you want about LeVar, like they, they, they are a family first family, um, but, you know, basketball and, you know, they've been competing against each other in their backyard for a very long time. So I don't think, you know, that that competitive nature is going to change um, once yeah. they hit an NBA court. Oh, yeah. We heard yesterday from LaMelo about the backyard basketball games, the two on twos yeah. and the three threes and how scrappy it was. And I can only imagine what those are like at a young age. So it should be pretty interesting tonight. A couple more questions for you. I know you have a busy day, um, but I want to go back to Brandon Ingram because you did talk to him post-game um, after the loss, the Oklahoma seat down there. It just seems like even after eight games based on last year, he's already ready to take that next step. He got the most improved last year, his first all-star game. Um, this year, it just seems like he wants it to be his team. You know, Zion and Brandon are the cornerstones, but I think he's ready to take that next step. Do you see that when talking to him just based on how much you talked to him last year and to now that he's ready, even though he got that big contract, he, he still wants so much more out of his game? Yeah, I mean – Look, with Brandon, in talking to him, and I, when I asked him like his, his comfort level with that, comp, with that closer role, 
And, you know, he's a man of few words, but, uh, and soft-spoken, so he's not going to be demonstrative in how he says, how he um, states his, his confidence, but you can see it in his face, like, that he is in full belief that, you know, he's that dude. Um, And a big thing is, and talking to a lot of, a lot of his teammates is that he's, he's putting in the work. I mean, there's, the difference is, like, he's, you know, he, he's there at night. He's there, you know, um, in the morning, he's just, it's just his, his preparation is what the guys, um, have been telling me has been the huge, huge difference. Like it's been paying off. Um, and it's, it's really just about being great. And I sat down when I sat down with him last year at the beginning of the season, um, you know, he just really also said just the move from LA to New Orleans just fits him more. You know, he's a low key guy, keeps to himself. Um, he, he, he loves the community in, in New Orleans. So it all like, just like Lonzo, I think it, it was the right move at the right time. I think both, both parties, I think, um, you know, one in this trade. And um, especially if Brandon continues to improve at the, at the rate that he's been improving, um, you know, like I know he constantly gets the comparisons to Kevin Durant, but if he has the fire to continue to work on his game and be great, um, like I, w- I always say Kevin Durant is one of the most um, like, when I look at all the NBA players I come across, he, like, he, to me, is the type, like, his body shape doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> like, <I'm> like, <laughs> he, to, like, he is the, he's a guy who you're like, oh, wow, like, that, that, that guy is made for basketball, the length, um, the ability to shoot. If, if Brandon Ingram can, can get, continue to improve his, um, his game, exponentially like he has been and, and feel this comfort zone that he does in, in, in New Orleans, then, um, you know, who, who knows what, what, what could, what could happen for this team? Yeah. The sky's the limit for BI. That's for sure. Before I let you go, um, and I appreciate again, you coming on, uh, just your, your thoughts on the league in general, you know, been through a couple of weeks here of the, of the team. You've seen some surprises, some teams that normally are, you know, projected to be very good, have struggled early on. You've seen some teams that, you know, maybe are, are shining that no one really expects. You have Orlando that's six and two in the East. Um, you have some teams struggling in the West, but I know it's only eight, nine games for these teams and it's only a matter of time, but is there anything that's surprised you or anything that stuck out to you through the first few weeks of the NBA? I mean, look, it's, it's, um, it's, it was such a fast start to the season. So really I, like, I just don't think it's, um, it's, you could judge, you know, these first few weeks because people are, because we, we also went from not only a fast training camp, but then there was like a fast free agency and a fast draft and these rookies, they didn't even have, you know, summer league. So like, as far as getting people's footing, you know, it, like, like we're, if you're going to set the calendar back, like we're not even at like the beginning of the training camp. Yeah, you know, like, so I just think um, to make quick judgments on what we're seeing so far this season, I just, I I don't think is um, accurate, but, you know, it's always exciting to get, to, to get hyped for the Knicks, you know, five and three, Mm -hmm. 
Um, <laughs> you know, good, like it's, it, I want good things to happen for that franchise just because, you know, like it would make the league better if they were better, you know, um, I feel bad for Markel Fultz. You just, uh, brought up the magic, you right. know, he, like he, he's someone that I talked to last year too, who just like, you felt it, you felt the pain and the hardship that he went through. And then finally he was feeling really just in a good mental space and you could see it in his play and just this next test with him for this ACL. I just, it's just such a, um, such a blow. Um, but I hope that, you know, he got himself to a good mental place and got that contract and felt, you know, how he, he was at his, that he, at his best at, to the, to this point and can, you know, carry that confidence throughout his uh, rehab into, you know, um, when he comes back. So that, and then of course the James Harden saga, like it's, that's the, uh, I mean, ugly part of the league. Um, I, I enjoy talking to James. Um, he was really committed and focused in the bubble, but I think, you know, when you're fed up, you're fed up. I just right. wish it, it wasn't playing out so publicly like this because, um, you know, I, the, he has teammates and I, I want to see good things happen for John Wall and, and DeMarcus Cousins. And um, so, you know, those are just a couple right. storylines uh, that, you know, have stood out to me. Um, and we'll see. <laughs> we'll yeah. see what happens this season. No, you're absolutely right. I think it's so hard to gauge how teams are, even, you know, here in New Orleans, you know, you start off four and two, you're four and four, and people are ready to panic after a loss. And it's like, we got to let these teams settle in a little bit before um, we can kind of assess how it is. And I think it's going to take a larger sample size in order to figure things out. But uh, nonetheless, tonight at 6.30 p.m. Central should be fun inside the Smoothie King Center. Pelicans and Hornets, and of course, Cassie Hubbard will be on the sidelines here in New Orleans on the call for ESPN. Cassie, I know it's been oh. a... a Go I ahead. want to say one thing. So it yep. is going to be LaMelo and Lonzo Ball, but we also have a pair of brothers um, we do. on our side. Yes, yeah, so Jeff Van Gundy is going to be calling from home. And, of course, <laughs> he, um, you know, he, this would be the first time he calls a game with, with as uh, Stan as the head coach of the Pelicans. So it'll be interesting. They're always fun together. A couple of sibling rivalries tonight. That yeah, maybe I'll have one. him ask um, the questions to Stan uh, <laughs> after the third quarter. We'll see what type of mood Stan's in. Oh, yeah. If it's anything like uh, last game after the game, it won't be great. But maybe at the third quarter today, it should be better. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. Should be a fun one tonight. Cassie, I know, you, again, you've had a really busy schedule. But I really appreciate the time and, and best of luck tonight. And hope to have you on soon. Yeah, thank you so much. Enjoy the game tonight. You too. Thanks. There she goes, Cassie Hubberth on the sidelines tonight. Of course, Dave Patch and Jeff Van Gunny will be calling you remotely for ESPN, but Cassie will be in the building for Lonzo versus LaMelo. And then, as she mentioned, Jeff Van Gundy on the call and Stan Van Gundy as the head coach for the Pelicans. So lots of brotherly love tonight in the city of New Orleans. 6.30 p.m. Central. Again, you can watch it on ESPN. Also locally on Fox Sports New Orleans or listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. Pre-game coverage for both start at six o'clock then it's a seven game road trip beginning on monday at 7 30 against the dallas mavericks they'll play the mavericks they'll see the clippers the lakers utah twice sacramento and then wrap things up in minnesota so a big one tonight before the pelicans head out west for a two-week trip 
Hope everyone has a great weekend. Stay safe. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seat.